Welcome to Biohacking with Brittany. I'm so excited that you are listening and that you have joined. I like to bring you guests on every week and we discuss a variety of topics and they can be about health and wellness or biohacking or nutrition. And it's kind of what I do across all of my platforms in general. I've also been recently posting on TikTok and if you are on TikTok and you want to join me, my handle is biohacking, just biohacking. I actually, yeah, I created the account a, a few years ago, which is crazy to say when you're talking about TikTok because it's so new, but I actually deleted it last year because I was finding I was too addicted to it <laughs> and I was spending too much time on it. And then I kind of came back to it this year when I realized the power of it and just how, how it can kind of be a different tool for getting out the same message. So Instagram is quite curated, even when you're trying to be authentic, right? So if you're taking a photo of yourself or you're taking a photo of your food or a video, Instagram still kind of has this expectation that it's really high quality. Your photos are edited really well. It looks very professional. There's like a long caption that goes with it that's either personal or educational. And it's kind of like a very curated piece of content. Whereas TikTok is very much like, hey, post this short clip. And it could be like 10 seconds. And the caption space, you have only a certain amount of characters. It's way less than Instagram. I don't know what it actually is, but it's way less. And people really don't write much in the captions, right? It's usually like a sentence. And so it's been interesting starting to play with this because you can just create these kind of like little videos that drive home a certain point and don't need to be this like whole production of like perfection, right? Like people are on there with no makeup, no filters, no hair done, looking like whatever, saying whatever. And it, it's nice to see this because it's kind of bringing some authenticity and realness back to social media. Now, of course, like there's still all the filters and all the fake everything and we'll never really get away from that, but it's been cool to play around with it. And I'm excited to see it grow. And yeah, kind of work on it as well. So I put a lot of work into Instagram, but now I'm splitting that into TikTok as well, just because it's more fun, I think I would say. And the audience is different and people consume content on there different as, differently as well. Like it's very quick. It's very fast. I think people like content more. I think people follow more people on there and it, the user experience is just very different. So I can see why Instagram is trying to replicate TikTok with reels because, you know, obviously it's become so popular. So it, it all makes sense. So yeah, if you want to follow me on there at biohacking and lately I've been talking about intermittent fasting for women and why I don't necessarily recommend it. And I have no idea what content I'm going to be producing. I'm just kind of going with it and seeing how it is. I think my video for today is actually on aloe vera juice, which is something I've been taking for the last 10 years on and off. And yeah, it's fun. But yeah, definitely. Please follow me and join me. Today, we are talking about everything light. So 
I've definitely gone into red light therapy before. I've talked about different types of saunas and, and that type of thing that use like infrared rays and just different stuff like that. But this one is quite different because we're talking about light bulbs and how to light your home accordingly. So it's very interesting because light can really determine your health and, and impact your mood and impact your sleep. And when we know how to use it properly, we can really use it to our advantage and be able to allow it to, to really help us to become healthier. And so that's what I do. So that's what we get into today. And it was really cool. I, I learned a lot and I think you will as well. A shout out to the sponsors for this week. Sensate, one of my go-to tools to use when I'm feeling stressed. All of you love Sensate, and I know this because I get feedback from them on how many of you use my discount code, which is insane. I love Sensate, and it, yeah, I use it when I'm feeling a little low, and I'm just feeling like I kind of need some support for my nervous system that's beyond kind of beyond the average things that I do on a day. And Sensate, if you don't know, is like a device that hangs from your neck. It vibrates against your vagus nerve and can really get you into that parasympathetic state compared to being in the sympathetic state, which is our fight or flight mode. So it's a great tool. People use it while they meditate. They use it while they're working, all these different things, as long as it can like lay against your chest basically and vibrate against it. And so I really like it and I do use it. And of course, a shout out to Shungite, the shungiteshop.com, which is where I get all my beautiful pieces of Shungite that I have around my office. I love Shungite for mitigating EMF. And also I just think it's really nice to bring natural elements into your home. Obviously, it's really nice to have plants and they have a ton of benefits as well. But I really like having different crystals and stones because it makes the home feel very grounded and very earthy and, and makes me feel grounded in return. And, and that's really what I'm going for because I work from home. So if you have been thinking about getting a piece of Shungite, the Shungite shop com is where I get all of mine and really what I recommend people do. It's really such a beautiful website and such beautiful pieces. So those are my go-to. And I hope you enjoy this episode this week. Thank you to everybody who has been leaving reviews for me lately and also for the people who've been responding to my newsletter. So if you don't know, I put out a newsletter every single week where I talk about a various topic Last week, it was about stress and adaptogens. This week is going to be about vitamin D and how important light is in the morning. And I have some other things I always mention in there. And sometimes you respond, and I really appreciate that. And it's cool to talk to people one-on-one. And I actually had somebody who messaged me or responded to the email this week, and she was asking about uh, low ovarian reserve. And if I knew anything about that, and this was interesting because I don't know too much and I'm not an expert and I do not pretend to be. And basically what low ovarian reserve means is that when you get tested, usually they do an AMH test, which is the hormone that's kind of associated with how many eggs you have. It comes back pretty low and there's not a lot of eggs 
for the for what you should have at a particular age. And when I had this test done a couple years ago, mine was actually very high. And that's because there's a chance that I might have PCOS and a high AMH test is actually associated with PCOS. So for me, it was actually the, the opposite side of the spectrum. But what I said to her was, you can definitely, there's like tons of research online, like take a look, but also look into ovarian PRP. Now, I first heard about ovarian PRP, I think a few months ago, because I was listening to this podcast and they were discussing it. And essentially it's the same as when you get PRP done on your face or if you have an injury, but they take the blood from your arm, they spin it, they separate the plasma which is like gold, yellow, like liquid gold, they call it. And then they inject it. You have to be under anesthetic for this, but they inject it into your ovaries. Now it has the same similar idea as how we use it cosmetically or how we use it when we're injured in that it replenishes the cells and all of the different components of the cell where it's being injected. Because the plasma is directly from us, there's no chance of infection or poor reaction or anything like that because you're basically just using the best parts of your body, the, the really healthy plasma that's in your blood, and you're putting it in a different place. So there is research done on PRP and low ovarian reserve saying that this can actually help egg count. And this is huge because this means that for all the women out there who are trying to do IVF, and they don't have enough eggs, or they're having a hard time getting the eggs, or maybe they're older and their egg reserve is lower, you can do something like this that is 100% safe and potentially increase your egg count or make the eggs you do have more available and healthier. So it, it's really interesting. And I think there's going to be a lot that comes out in this space I just love PRP, PRP in general, and I, I love to use it on my face. But yeah, so this, that's what I would recommend, and I'm sure she's listening to this episode. So she, I already spawned, responded to her email, but yeah, I would look into that. And before looking into anything that might have just some more serious side effects and, and be harder on the body to do. So ovarian PRP, and if anyone's listening who's actually had ovarian PRP, definitely email me. I'm very curious. I, I don't think it's very popular, so I don't know how many people have done it, but my email is info at biohackingbrittany.com. It's super easy. So send me an email and we'll chat. And yeah, enjoy this episode today all about light and I will catch you next week. Welcome to Biohacking with Brittany. I am so happy that you are joining me this week as I am every single week. If you are new here, which a bunch of you are, as I've been like looking at all of the listeners and the downloads recently. Welcome. I am a holistic nutritionist and a biohacker. And I kind of just have people on who are doing different things in the wellness space and are game changers, essentially. I like to explore different modalities and different ways of healing the body that's kind of not mainstream. And today is very much one of those episodes because we are essentially talking about light and light therapy and how we can use it to optimize our health. And I've kind of talked about this in a different way before where I've talked about red light therapy specifically 
or maybe just like reducing blue light on your computer or at night so you can sleep better. But there's actually way more to it than that. And today I have Talia Ram joining me from Lumi Ram, which is a healthy lighting company that specializes in producing beautiful light bulbs that promote physical, mental, and emotional wellness. And I love that. So Talia, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Brittany. And that was a wonderful intro. Thank you. I I could not have said it better. (laughs) Good. Of course, like what I like to do in the beginning is tell us how you and the company got started with this idea of kind of mimicking natural light. Sure. Yeah. So the company Lumiram, as you mentioned, we're a healthy lighting or natural lighting company. We've actually been making full spectrum light bulbs since 1959 when we opened in Europe, but we're really known for the brand called Chromalux, which is the original neodymium glass light source. It's also known as the pure light from Scandinavia. We'll get into what neodymium is and the benefits it holds and the differences from normal lighting. Um, But yeah, so I'm the wellness lighting expert at Lumiram, and I guess it's also worth mentioning that I happen to be the daughter of the founders, uh, Corinne and and Jacques Ram. So whether I like it or not, I've I've pretty much been into lighting my entire life, and I have a a holistic background. I've been teaching yoga and meditation for over 10 years. I've been a biohacker for probably just as long, if not long. So it seems like a natural progression that I would join the company and bring in my expertise and Uh, holistic wellness knowledge and and apply it to lighting, which I kind of, you know, I just know for my entire life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so interesting. I bet you had such an interesting and like different childhood if you were exposed to your parents who kind of came up with this concept uh, compared to what most people kind of experience when they're kids. Oh yeah. It's funny because it's, you walk into a space and something just feels can feel really good or feel really Mm. off. And sometimes after you're like, wow, maybe it was the lighting. That's something I just kind of realized as I got older. Again, yeah, I took lighting for granted, but it was always around. It was always beautiful and very special, just all the benefits it provided. So I'm very, very blessed to have, um, you know, been part of that my entire life and to be part of it now, you know, but a little bit about the story of how the Chromalux bulb came to be. So I, I had mentioned it's the pure light from Scandinavia. So basically my, my father, Jacques, he was, if you got scared by the 1959 part, <laughs> we, he was much older than my mother. So this isn't some uh, light bulb that makes you very live very long, but we hope it could. So yeah, he was inspired by the findings of actually doctors in Finland, skin doctors, who used a very similar type of neodymium light source to examine their patient's skin. So the cool thing about this type of light source is that we'll get into the technology and everything that it does, but it basically pulls down all of the yellow and dulling components of the visible light spectrum. And in doing so, it actually boosts the blue, the red, and the green. So actually the parts of the color spectrum that the human eye is not sensitive, is not as sensitive to. So by pulling down yellow, which the human eye is most sensitive to, so that's about 
if you look at the visible light spectrum on a graph, that would be 555 nanometers. So that's exactly where neodymium has an absorption band. And by pulling that down, it just allows us to see all the other colors much more vibrantly, and it just enhances everything. So they use this to kind of examine the skin. So imagine you go outside and you look at your wrist, you can see your veins, you can see textures in your skin, you can maybe see your pores clearly. You go inside and under general lighting, you can't really see that clearly anymore. You don't see that amount of detail. So what these light bulbs do, or what they did in that scenario, is they allowed them to actually see the skin as if it was viewed under a magnifying glass of sorts. So yeah, they were like, "What? imagine what would happen if you brought this into the home, right? It, bring, it, it boosts colors, it boosts vibrancy. I always like to use the example of, or the analogy that photographers might appreciate or anyone who kind of does any photo editing or most people should be familiar with this. What this bulb does is very similar to increasing saturation and increasing contrast and vibrancy on an image, Mm. if that makes sense. I find it does. I, I work a lot with imagery and I find that pretty much these days everyone is doing their own work on the computer. So they they might appreciate that analogy. But yeah, so in the home, what it does is it really, you know, it's it's a very I know we don't have we don't have video to show you, but it's a kind of almost lavender appearing bulb. So lavender is the color of this element, neodymium. And it's cool actually because you can look at it under different lights and it changes color, which I find to be really fascinating because not only does it enhance colors, but it itself as an element changes color. So it gives you a good, you know, idea of what it what it does and its capabilities. And another great thing is also, I call it trimming the fat. So it's basically when you enhance colors and you boost the vibrancy, it has this effect when you pull out yellow and dulling components, you actually are sharpening everything else. So imagine when you're reading and you're looking, we're going to use a, a normal paperback book, for example, that we don't really use these days anymore, but I still love. And you open up a page and you have a white page, you have black text. So under this type of lighting, it actually has a, a crispening or sharpening effect. So it's almost like a 3D effect on the black text to lift off the white page. So that's pretty cool. So that's a big application for these types of lights as well, not just for color, but for contrast, for reading. It's much softer on the eyes. Hmm. Yeah, I, I love that. That's so interesting that it's got so many different applications. So it's interesting that the eyes are so sensitive to yellow light. Like I don't yeah. think I don't think I understood that or knew that before. So is there a specific reason that that is the case? You know, I, I don't know. So, and we'll get into this when we talk about light and health, or maybe we should dive in now, but you know, there's, there's three photoreceptors in the eyes, basically. Uh, there might be more, but the three main ones, of course, are rods, cones, which we've all heard about, you know, rods and cones allow us to see their visual forming photoreceptors. And then we also have a third one that's not used for vision, but it's actually used. And this is where light and health and biology comes into play. There are intrinsically photosensitive retinal ganglion cells, which is a mouthful, but those are cells that live in the retina of the eye that are serve as direct inputs for the hypothalamus in the brain. So basically, it's like a direct channel for, you know, whether or not there's light in the environment, our eyes will pick it up from this photoreceptor. And specifically, there's a pigment there that's called melanopsin, which you might guess what 
it works on. So, and, and this is kind of where the whole blue light, the, con- the concept of we have to eliminate blue light in the evening, it really comes down to melanopsin. So it's melanopsin is a pigment in the eye again, and it's pretty much only sensitive to blue light. So around 500 nanometers, if we're looking at the the visible light spectrum, and we'll talk about that as well, but 480 nanometers thereabouts is where it's really sensitive. So that's blue light. Um, So that's a sensitivity when it comes to blue light. And then the cones, which are used for day vision, and that's where the yellow spectrum is sensitive. So there's different sensitivities in different photoreceptors for different colors, not to make anything confusing, but that's pretty much just kind of, that's an introduction to blue light. And yeah, I don't know, do you want us to talk about the spectrum a little bit for your listeners, if they kind of need a little bit of a rundown of the whole thing or? Yeah, yeah, we can. We can briefly just go over it if you want to dive in now. Sure. Yeah. I think I always like to explain it because it's easier to understand everything else we'll talk about, you know, to have an idea. So of course the electromagnetic spectrum, um, includes everything from gamma rays, x-rays, radio waves, but there's only three components that really we are concerned with when it talks about, when we talk about plant and animal life, human life, biology, and how light affects us and our health and wellness. And that's in this order. If you're looking at a graph from the left end, we have ultraviolet, which is non-visible light. Of course, that's what we know as UV light. Then we have this very narrow band of visible light. So visible light is basically all the colors of the rainbow. So like Roy G. Biff, which comprises white light. So we have violet and blue, we have green and yellow, and then we have red at the very end. And then the red color spectrum is something called infrared light, which is invisible light energy, which has actually a lot of great implications for our health and for our mitochondrial health and cells. So those are the three parts that we should really be concerned with, UV, visible light, of course, and infrared. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely you know, kind of dabbled into this in different ways. Like I said before, just like red light therapy and infrared saunas and near infrared and and all of these different things. And it's very much a part of biohacking, but it's, it's interesting kind of just to take that to the next level and kind of look at the light bulbs that we're using for different things throughout the day, aside from just kind of like trying to dim the blue light on your phone at night type of idea. So Do you, like, I'm sure you do, do you have like different recommendations of light for different things that you're doing and sell different light bulbs? Like, how does that kind of work in a home? What does it look like? Where do the light bulbs go type of idea? Sure. Yeah. I mean, we have a full range of light bulbs. So we are most in love with at this moment, the incandescent light bulb and the halogen light bulb for the reason being that it has a beautiful full visible spectrum. Our version of course, pulls down a little bit of the yellow, but it doesn't have any effect on the full spectrum capabilities. It really actually improves things by enhancing colors. And then the cool thing that we love about incandescent and halogen bulbs is that they have infrared. So, and specifically a bunch of near infrared light, which is when you buy these specific units that provide near-infrared and even red visible light. Some of them have the red visible light, which is a little bit lower, so about 680 nanometers or so. The incandescent light bulbs have all of that in one. So that's kind of, I like it as it's the ultimate light vitamin. I always call it that. And yeah, they're awesome to use at night because they naturally don't have 
very, very much blue light. When we talk about color temperature, color temperature is kind of an indication of how white a light source is. And it all plays off of the, and we just talked about the electromagnetic spectrum and visible light spectrum, but every color has a corresponding wavelength and energy. So blue and violet light is short waves, it's higher energy. And then at the very other end, we have red light, which is much longer, slower waves. Of course, until we get into infrared, they're so long and slow that they're actually able to penetrate into our skin, which is pretty cool. So yeah, incandescent light bulbs are so great for nighttime usage. And then halogen is really nice. Halogen is just an enhanced version of incandescence. They're both technically incandescent light bulbs. So that's Incandescence is just like how the sun makes light. It's basically thermal energy or you you are heating an object up until it gets so hot that it produces visible light. And of course, the heat, as we know it, is infrared. Heat and infrared are, are basically the same thing. That's the thermal energy. So yeah, halogen is an enhanced version. So basically, you take that filament that's in a, you know, you think of an old-fashioned Edison light bulb where you have the filament. Um, and you encapsulate it in a quartz crystal filled with halogen gas. And it has this really cool effect where it basically just makes the light skew a little bit more towards the blue. But again, a lot of people get scared of when we mention skewing towards blue or increased blue light. But the thing is, so the, the whole concept of eliminating blue light at night and dimming your lights, you know, for an improved bedtime schedule and able to fall asleep at night the exact opposite is necessary in the morning. So we can talk about morning rituals and things that you should be doing. But yeah, so halogens have a little bit more blue light because they burn a little bit brighter. So their color spectrum skews more into those, more towards those higher energy blue wavelengths. Yeah. So not to be afraid of blue light. We really do need it in the morning. It's what keeps us alert during the day. It's what stimulates us in the morning to get up. But throughout the day, we should really have a nice, gradual onset of cortisol in the morning, peaking throughout the midday, and then gradually decreasing into the nighttime. And as it decreases, melatonin should be coming up in its place. So melatonin is best known as being what I call the sleepy time hormone. So it really prepares you for bed. And if you have your lights on, and whether they're blue or not, if you have bright lights on in the evening, it's actually going, your eyes are going to pick up on that. So again, the melanopsin that we talked about earlier in the eyes, it's going to pick up on that blue light. It's going to pick, uh, pick up on the brightness of the light in your environment, and it's going to cause a suppression of melatonin production. So it's going to not release melatonin, which is not what we want at night. Do you ever feel frazzled, not grounded, stressed, and like you have way too much on your plate? Of course, you know you should be taking time for self-care, but doesn't mean you actually are, and it kind of just feels like another thing on your to-do list. I have definitely been there. It's tough to kind of balance everything these days, especially for those of us working from home with extra side hustles and or kids. Stress reduction feels like a nice idea, but never something easily achievable in the moments when we need it the most. I believe in solutions that use science to help us be healthier on a daily basis, but without crazy technology or tools that aren't accessible or affordable for everybody. I use Sensate, which is something that I've been using for a long time now, and I spoke about a lot last year, which is a groundbreaking innovation in wellness technology that uses the natural power of sonic resonance to calm your body's nervous system, 
providing immediate, immediate, let me tell you, relief and long-term benefits from regular, regular use. It calms your nerves and helps you feel better in as few as 10 minutes per day. It improves stress resilience to help you cope with whatever life throws at you. And it increases heart rate variability, a known biomarker of health and longevity. This is so important because for many of us, our body's built-in stress management system is simply just an overdrive. Sensate's novel patent technology was designed to send infrasonic waves through the chest to reach the vagus nerve that sits deep in the core of our nervous system. By speaking to our body's command center, we can control how we respond to all the positive and negative things that we experience each day which is just so cool and such an easy, easy biohack to bring in every day. You can use my discount code, which is biohackingbrittany in all capitals. Um, I will put the link in the show notes and it's on my shop page at biohackingbrittany.com and you get $25 off today. If you have any questions about it or when you get it, please message me. I'd love to chat as this is one of my favorite biohacking tools to use on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been hacking my light at night for a couple years now, and I have red light bulbs in my house, and I have uh, blue light blocking glasses, and I'm super sensitive about any lights. Like, we have a fan, and it has this little light on it, and I like blocked it with a little blackout <laughs> sticker. We have blackout curtains, like everything, because. I'm so sensitive to light at night. Like it will like hundred percent disrupt my sleep. And I'm just not one of those people who it doesn't impact as much. Like I'm very, very sensitive to light. So I really try to make the house like as dark as possible because it, it just impacts me so much. Yeah. And I would say it, probably you feel it so much because you've been involved in biohacking for so long and you know your body innately and you feel the different responses. But as people start to kind of implement these different hacks into their life, and what I would argue could be very basic, just turn off your phone, dim your lights, you start to really feel a difference, not only in how you wake up, but in the quality of your sleep. So yeah, a basic thing could now we see these blue light filters that are coming out on all our, our phones and devices. It's just implemented naturally now. You used to have to get software for it. I remember 10 years ago, there was software that I used, but now it's just part of the, like on my iPhone, it's just part of it. But yeah, so a big thing at night is really, I love to use incandescent light bulbs at night. So again, because little blue light content, a lot of nice red and infrared. And also just as importantly, and this I briefly mentioned, but it's, it's not mentioned often when we talk about nighttime bedtime routines, you have to dim the lights. There's a lot of studies and and research that show at first they were thinking that maybe 1200 lux and lux is just a measure of brightness of light. So they used to think that around 1200 is kind of the threshold of where melatonin suppression kicks in, but it is actually could be as low in some individuals. And it really depends on your retina, how old you are, how sensitive your retina is. So there's so many factors that play in. So everyone can feel it differently. But I would argue just you shouldn't have more than like basically a candle flicker (laughs) at a certain point, you know? So whether or not you have dimmers, I know some people in the biohacking world aren't into dimmers just because of the, you know, the EMF that could be produced if you have lower quality dimmers. So in that case, a good option or a great option would be to use just lower wattage incandescent bulbs. 
Or if you're into LED, I know they have red LEDs, but I know that's sometimes kind of not a cool thing to talk about <laughs> in the biohacking world. Yeah. So whichever way you go, you want to keep it, you want to keep it dim and you want to keep it warm, more yes. red appearing. Yes. Yeah. So I turn all the lights off in my apartment. If we're watching Netflix at night, like we have no lights on, like literally none, because I have no tolerance for it. And then I am also like conscious of the light that's coming from the TV as well. So like I'll turn down the brightness on the TV or I'll even turn down the backlit, like how, I guess, I don't know what the difference is, but there's two different settings and I kind of turn both of them down. And then I have a few red light bulbs, kind of like you mentioned, and then blue blockers and it seems to work really well. And it it just makes you tired because like your whole apartment is dark. It's dark outside and your body is like, okay, it's nighttime. I'm actually need to go to bed. You're not like sitting watching TV in like a super bright kitchen living room at midnight, you know? And that's exactly when I say that lighting influences us and you can, it controls us actually. And this is how you, you should really be. I I really hope listeners can take away from this conversation is that if we're concerned about our health and we're biohackers or whatever you identify as, and you just, you care about your health and well being, but you think of your hydration, you think of nutrition, movement, things like that. Think about lighting. It's, you should be thinking about it every single day and not just is, am I not using blue light at at night? It's also, am I using on the flip side, am I using white light during the day to keep me productive and give you another hack in a second? But yeah, so think of lighting every day. And also how does that lighting make you feel? Do you have enough lighting for the task at hand? Those are some things that really should be on everyone's mental daily checklist of well-being. You know, where is lighting in my life and how is it making me feel right now? And can I change it? It all comes down to you want to make, we always say here is light or rather the world is only as beautiful as the lens or the light that you view it through. So you should really start thinking about that life outside. Why do we love being in nature? It's full of color. We have natural sunlight that just makes us feel good. You can try to replicate that indoors by enhancing the colors, enhancing the contrast, making yourself feel good because the lighting feels good. There's so many implications, not just on our biology and circadian rhythm, which we briefly went into, but just on general well-being. You know, if something is beautiful, it makes you feel good. I always joke around, if you ever played Sims when you were younger, I know that was a big thing. It was a video game where characters would have a little diamond above their head to indicate there was different meters, health, environment. I don't really remember, but when their health was going down or they weren't feeding themselves, they weren't hydrating or something, they weren't having any um, relationships with people around them, that meter would start to drop. And the same thing would happen when they would walk into a space that was dirty, that meter would start to drop. So I always (laughs) like to think of that. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I don't know if you ever played that or if you know what I'm referring to. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah, So I always like to use that example because it's helpful to kind of imagine the effect of walking into a poorly lit space, what it does, it brings down everything else. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because when you can tell when you walk into a, a space that's not your home, if it's lit very well. Like I, I think about when I've gone to like WeWorks, which are like co-working spaces Mm -hmm. and I feel so energized and ready to work and concentrate and focus. Whereas like at home, depending where I am and like 
depending obviously on the light that I have, I can feel way more like tired and cozy and I don't want to work. And like, where's my blanket? Like, let me take a nap. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Even if you go into a restaurant, right? Like some restaurants you walk in and it's like, it's very like romantic and it's like kind of dim and it's a little dark, but the lighting's right. It's just so funny how light can actually impact our mood so much. And I, I don't know if a lot of people are actually very like conscious of that. Do you ever worry about radiation or EMF? I definitely do. And I know this is a growing concern for a lot of you. EMF stands for electromagnetic fields, which are emitted by anything that uses electricity or radio frequency that uses radio waves. We are constantly bombarded with technology in our day-to-day lives. From our phones to computers to cell phone towers, flying in airplanes, and even using our beloved workout equipment like the Peloton. We are less grounded than we used to be and could honestly use far more time unplugged. But it's hard, right? When we work online, when we study online, and even work out online, and even have a social life online, we're really not unplugged at all during the day. We basically go from screen to screen, and then we kind of just do it again the next day. There are a bunch of ways that you can mitigate the harmful impacts of EMF, and I have tried most of them. One of my favorite ways is by using shungite, both on my body and around my house. Shungite is this beautiful black stone that harmonizes EMFs and can minimize the effects of radiation, like having headaches, sleepiness, irritation, negative energy, restlessness, the list goes on and on. I have a beautiful shungite bracelet I wear, as well as a prism that actually sits on my desk by my computer while I'm working. I even use some shungite pieces to hold while I meditate. Shungite is also antibacterial, can support the immune system, reduce stress and anxiety, and purify water. I get all of my shungite from the same place, which is the Shungite Shop, and can be found at www.theshungiteshop.com. I'm actually doing an interview with the founder, and we are going to dive into the specifics of how Shungite works and how it can really reduce the EMF exposure around us. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, definitely check out theshungiteshop.com right now to get gorgeous pieces for both yourself and your home today. Yeah. And it's funny because that, that's what I was saying. It's something that I've thought of my entire life. And I didn't really realize until I, I grew up, I left the house and I realized you know, walking into people's places and just being like, this lighting is not great. <laughs> you yeah. know, something feels so off here. It's so dark. It's dingy. How are you not thinking of this? It's the first thing on my mind, but it, it seems to be the last thing on many people's minds. And we really, I mean, Our goal is to kind of shift that awareness because it has such a a huge thing. And places like WeWork and places where they're really focused on obviously productivity during the day, I'm positive that they have a lighting engineer or lighting designer who specifically chose out, chose maybe full spectrum daylight fluorescence overhead, maybe LEDs, whatever it is, but they're definitely cool white. You know, so skewing more towards the blue. And that's the the whole thing. You need the blue light during the day to feel productive, to feel energetic, to feel energized. And that's why a lot of places that are, I guess you could call it human-centric workplaces or human-centric anything are starting to really focus on lighting. They're bringing it back into the equation. 
Mm-hmm. I even find that with airports, like I, I recently traveled and they're so bright, like it's, which is great. And, and I guess they want you to be awake and concentrating on what you're doing. Right. But then I on the, f- the pilots are too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then on the flip side, like I've had to sleep overnight in airports before, and it can also be really difficult to find a dark place because they don't adjust the light at nighttime. So oh, yeah. it's kind of like this full bright thing. And I have to have a eye mask and, and really be prepared. But Sleeping I definitely in airports is the worst. I've definitely yeah. done that on long layovers where it's not even worth it to go to a hotel. Yeah, yeah, it's the it, worst. Exactly. <laughs> it's the worst. And yeah, I've, I just, yeah, I've done it. I don't want to do it again. Um, <laughs> mostly because I just, I really value my sleep and, and I feel so much better. And light has such an important part and to play into that. And something I've been thinking about recently, which we kind of talked about before we hopped on this call was work. The daylight is kind of getting longer now, right? So our days are getting mm-hmm. longer and before the sun would go down around 5 PM and I would kind of start transitioning our apartment into like nighttime mode quite early, but now it's still light at 8 PM, but I go to bed at the same time. So it's like weird because I feel like my window of kind of getting ready to bed and like transitioning my mind and my body shortens when the summer comes, but I try sleep the same amount of hours, but it doesn't really work like that. So I just think in general, I sleep worse in the summer because I'm just up really early and I'm up later at night because it's so bright outside. I know. And and I think part of that is just naturally wintertime is a cozy kind of reflective time. So we naturally are, we have a tendency to be more tired. And I think it's something to embrace. Now, that's not part of this conversation, but I think it's really important to embrace the the changing seasons. And so if you stay up later during the summer, that's okay. But you know how to facilitate that at least and how to get tired by dimming the lights and trying to eliminate blue light as much as possible. Yeah. Do you recommend your customers kind of mimic the sun or do you recommend they, they just do what's best for their sleep patterns regardless of the time? Obviously I would always hope that it's best to mimic the sun, but of course some people have jobs where that's not possible. And that's kind of where lighting comes into play and and actually the concept of light therapy, which we didn't really touch on, but light therapy is there's something called a light therapy pad or light therapy box. And they're basically really bright, full spectrum light. So, and, and daylight white to be sure. So it's, it has plenty of that blue light that is supposed to wake you up and trigger this, this awakening effect. And it's traditionally used during the winter, during the darker months for something called seasonal affective disorder or SAD for short. But a cool thing that I I do actually, and I, tell a lot of people about is you can use it throughout the year, first thing in the morning to kind of stimulate that awakening effect, just like you would in the wintertime. So I actually have a little, they come in all sizes, but I have one on my desk at work and it's just, I come in, I have my cup of coffee, my water, and I have my light pad. And of course, so obviously this goes back morning routines. First thing in the uh, the morning, drink water. (laughs) But then if you can go outside, no sunglasses and get some light. you Obviously, don't stare up at the sun, but we don't have to insult anyone's intelligence by saying that. Yeah, Yeah, you want that light hitting your eyes. So the same thing with these light therapy units indoors, you want it on your eyes. And I guess this is kind of a side note, but a lot of people, I've seen some like misinformation online. So I think it just should be mentioned. 
this pathway of absorbing light through the retina in the eye is a completely different pathway than absorbing light through the skin. So specifically UV light absorbed in the skin for the production of vitamin D. So light therapy and full spectrum light bulbs, well, depends on the full spectrum light bulb, but in general, they aren't manufactured to have UVB. UVA is different. Actually, a little bit of UVA is a component of visible light. It actually extends into visible light because visible light, blue and violet light ends at 380 nanometers and UVA actually starts at 400 nanometers. So there's a little bit of an overlap there, which is kind of an interesting point. Um, but it doesn't do anything. It has a, like pretty much negligible effects um, on us. But UVB is what you know, can cause cancer and skin tanning, but obviously we do need it for the production of uh, vitamin D. So that's a different pathway altogether. And these light bulbs and light therapy is not absorbed through that pathway. It's absorbed through the eyes and it's completely with the retina and uh, keeping us alert in, in that way. It's a very different pathway. So I thought that that's worth mentioning because some people do get confused about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I am grateful that you, you brought that up because it is confusing, right? Like people if you don't understand the different wavelengths of light and kind of how it works, it kind of just goes over your head, right? Like you, you don't really get it. And then you might not fully understand how much of an impact it can have on your mood, on your sleep and on your health. So it, it's good to kind of have these types of episodes so we can kind of just dive into it a bit more and people can understand better. Yeah. And we'll never really fully understand it. I'm still learning. I know a lot and I'm still learning so much more every day, but there's so much info out there and not all of it is if you it just would make sense that if you think oh if i go outside and i get a, a suntan then a light bulb that mimics the sun indoors can also give me a suntan mm -hmm. yeah that's a specific unit i know they have obviously you have tanning beds <laughs> but that's not not a light bulb that you would use for visible light and definitely not for full-time usage and that's also kind of, I once wrote an article that was pretty popular, which I guess is still popular because people have this question and it's, can you use full spectrum light bulbs for SAD? So for seasonal affective disorder, which is that wintertime depression. And the answer is, the short answer is sure you can. The long answer is light therapy is a therapy. You don't use it for more than 30 minutes a day, depending on the brightness of, of the unit you're using. And full spectrum light bulbs, you can use pretty much just like any normal light bulb no restrictions. Hmm. Yeah. I, I love that because in Canada, like SAD is actually quite common. We just, especially in the winter, as you kind of were talking about the, it's really hard when you wake up at 8am and it's dark and the sun goes down at 430 and you're like, cool. <laughs> like, you know, I guess that's my day. <laughs> I guess that's my day. I, you know, it, and it is depressing, right? It so, is. Oh my God. It, it's so depressing. It, it's really depressing. And yeah. And I, I totally have felt that before. And then of course, like with COVID and being in lockdown as well, like that just made that so much worse because you're really not getting outside or nearly as much natural light as you might've before. So I think it's important that people realize that there are ways to use light to kind of combat that and like using your light bulbs, which sounds like a really smart idea. Yes, definitely. Lighting is, it's, it's so, we had mentioned that it just influences us, but it also changes influencing us in, in our mood and the release of cortisol or melatonin, depending on the time of day. But yeah, it also influences just kind of how we see everything. 
And if you see better, our motto is feel better, see better, or see better, feel better. <laughs> you I can love flip that. It around and it makes sense, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So if people want to uh, try your light bulbs, where can they go and, and how can they connect with you? Yeah. So Lumiram is the, the main parent company, but you can buy our light bulbs on, on our web shop, which is called healthlighting.com. So that's health, H-E-A-L-T-H, lighting, all one word.com. And you might probably, as I mentioned, be interested in the Chromalux incandescent and Chromalux enhanced lines of light bulbs. So incandescent for evening or during the day, I love to use it just because of its effect on color and contrast, which I had briefly mentioned. So it's awesome to work by. Yeah. And enhanced has pretty much the same effect. It's just a wider light. So I think listeners would probably be most interested in those two lines. So Chromalux incandescent and enhanced, which you can find on healthlighting.com. Cool. And I think we're setting up a discount code for everyone listening, correct? Yes. So you can get 15% off using biohacking Brittany in all caps, all mm-hmm. one word. Mm-hmm. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. And thank you so much for coming on this episode. I, I really hope people got a lot from it and really take a look at the different options that you have because lighting is so crucial and I rely on it so much. So I, I totally get it. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, I hope that everyone can start to think about lighting just a little bit more in their lives. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. If you're interested in finding the show notes or the sponsors for this episode, you can do so on my website, which is biohackingbrittany.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram where I'm most active. My handle is at biohackingbrittany. And if you're interested in working together and you want to email me directly, you can do that. My email is info at biohackingbrittany.com. And I look forward to hearing from you and having you tune in next week.